What words would you like to describe the you you'd like to be? What words would you like to describe the you you'd like to be? We've been asking that question uh, in our pre-service chat on the live stream this morning, and people have come back and said things like they'd like to know us as a person of love or integrity or loyalty or faithfulness. I wonder if they're the kinds of words that would describe the you you'd like to be. Our children in their big story packs this morning have had an activity like this, which says, if you're a mirror of God, what would you like to show or reflect about God? If you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, what would you like to people to see reflected in you of God? What's the you you'd like to be or the you you'd like to be described as? Many of us, I'm sure, whether we're Christians or not, we would have a desire to live well. We hope that people will look at us, I, I'm sure, and see someone of integrity, someone who's trustworthy, someone who's loyal, who's faithful, someone who makes wise choices, someone who's a good friend or a good partner or a good parent, people who are respected or people who others want to be around. I'm sure most of us would say that's the kind of person that I want to be. That's the desire I have. And if you are a Jesus follower, then you maybe have some other things you'd throw in there. You'd say, well, I want people to see God reflected in me. I'd like to be able to point other people to the love of Jesus. I'd love to be able to embody some of the characteristics of Jesus in my life. Those are our desires. What stops us becoming those kinds of people? Well, I think it's the things that would distract us, that would try to take us away from living in those kind of ways, from being those kinds of people, the people that we long to be and to live the life we long to lead because we get tempted, just like we were talking just now about bags and marshmallows and all that kind of stuff. We get tempted or we get greedy or we get comfortable or we crave control or we crave influence. And somehow that distracts us from the person we'd really like to be and it takes us away from that. We become more self-centered or more self-interested or we get involved in relationships that aren't good or healthy for us. I was listening to a church leadership podcast the other day, and in it they were reflecting on the number of church leaders who have sadly had to step down from their ministries from leading churches because they failed morally. One of my previous church leadership heroes, someone who'd had huge influence, done amazing things, since so many people become Christians, built a really large and growing and fabulous church. He'd overseen so many great things and helped so many people just a few years ago, had to step down from that role because of a serious moral failure. It was devastating for him, devastating for his church, his family, his reputation. How can that happen? It's not what he would have wanted. I tell you how that kind of thing happens. It happens because everybody is tempted and everyone is vulnerable. And before I start to feel too judgmental about those kind of situations or when I hear those kind of stories, I hold myself and think, there but, but for the grace of God go I. Because everybody is tempted and everybody is vulnerable. I don't ever want it to be that way. I don't ever want to get into that position. But it become, can be very easy because we're all tempted and we're all vulnerable, whether we're Christians or not. But the great news is that despite being tempted and vulnerable, we don't have to get into that place. 
We don't have to be moved or distracted from the things that we would hold to be important, from the values we would have or the ways we want to live. And we're going to discover together today, through this story set some three and a half thousand years ago of Joseph, we're going to discover a key tool to help us avoid temptation and distraction so that we can be the person that we want to be. We can be the kinds of people God would long for us to be. I don't know about you, but I've been loving exploring this story of Joseph over these summer weeks because it gets down and dirty into the nitty-gritty of life. And whilst it's a story I'm sure many of us would know because it's so famous through the musical of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, many of us may know the story. But actually to really dig around in it and get down and dirty, we find some great lessons for life from a person, Joseph, who was far from perfect but who found a way to go on with God. It's so cool that we get to hang out with him for a while and to learn all of these great lessons from the triumphs of his life and from the disasters too. And today we get to learn how to overcome temptation, how to be the you you long to be, how I can be the me that I long to be. So let's set the scene just quickly to recap the story so far. Joseph grew up in a family with 12, uh, there were 12 brothers, he was one of the 12. He was his dad's favorite and his dad lavished gifts upon him, including this amazing robe. Uh, Joseph had these dreams about the rest of his family kind of bowing down to him and he wasn't terribly tactful at that point in his life, Joseph, and he told all the rest of the family about it and expected them somehow to still love him for it. But in the midst of all of that, his brothers were jealous, the family was fractured, and his brothers, we heard this last week, they captured him, they were going to kill him, but instead of killing him, they threw him into a pit, as if that was somehow okay, and then eventually they sold him to some slave traders who were going down to Egypt, and Joseph was taken to Egypt, and we ended the story last week with Joseph being sold into service of a rich and wealthy governor in uh, Egypt called Potiphar. And that's where we find Joseph. And we're going to catch up with the story in the very first book of the Old Testament part of the Bible, Genesis. And in chapter 39, uh, here's what we read about what's going on now for Joseph. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Then it goes on. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. So this phrase keeps coming up in the life of Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. God was still with him even when things were rubbish. And one of the main things this this whole story has to teach us is that God is still with us even when life is rubbish. Joseph kept going. He kept going after God even though things were rubbish for him. And, you know, I always think this when I read the story of Joseph or so many of these other stories in the Bible. We know the outcome. Okay, so we know everything is going to be okay for Joseph in the end. When Joseph's in the middle of this story, Joseph does not know the outcome. But Joseph finds a way to keep going with God, to keep recognizing that God was with him, even though he had no idea about what the outcome was going to be. 
He could have been in slavery for the rest of his life when we find him in prison a little bit later on. He could have been in prison for the rest of his life. He didn't know, but he kept pursuing God. So let's read on. We read on. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Joseph noticed this, and that's why I highlighted some of those bits in yellow there. Joseph was a blessing to the people around him, even though Joseph was in slavery himself. Does that make sense? So because the Lord was with Joseph, because Joseph was still with the Lord... God blessed other people through him. You know, we can, if we're a Jesus follower, if we call ourselves a Christian, if we're trying to go on with God and we believe that God is with us, when we're operating in that kind of way, people around us can be blessed by our presence and by the presence of God in us. So I think this is a really important thing to know. Wherever we go, wherever we are, if we're a Jesus follower, we are taking God with us and we have the opportunity to be a blessing to people around us. How are we doing at that? How are we doing at the end of a long work day when it's hot in the office and frankly we're frustrated and cross? How are we doing at being a blessing to other people? When we're taking the kids to school or we're at the school gate and it's been a rush to get everybody out of the house and we arrive at the school gates, how are we doing at being a blessing to other people? How are we doing at blessing people around us? Just through our presence, through going on with God, because that's what God would have us do. Joseph was doing that wherever and however he found himself. So anyway, things seem to be working out for Joseph, even though he's still a slave, things still seem to be working out. He is trusted, life is okay, people have seen his integrity and his loyalty, they've seen him blessing other people and it's being rewarded. And so we're at this point now where things are okay for Joseph, life seems to be going well. Well, it's often when that kind of thing is happening and we are a bit more comfortable that he discovers and we discover how vulnerable we are and how open to temptation we are. And Joseph finds that too. Here we go. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Now this whole area, and I'm aware we're in a big story Sunday this morning as well, so we're just going to sort of be careful around all of this. But this whole area is an area of great temptation, isn't it? For a lot of people. If you're young or handsome or good-looking or mature or wise or successful, that can attract a lot of attention and it can feel good. But with that comes more temptation and more pressure. And for Joseph to have succumbed to that pressure would have been no good for him, no good for Potiphar's wife, no good for Potiphar either. It would have caused untold damage. And here, as we read on, look at this. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns has been entrusted to my care. Here we see that Joseph is valuing something more than he's valuing what could have happened if he'd succumbed to the temptation. 
Joseph is valuing his relationship with Potiphar, the role that he's fulfilling, the blessing that he is to other people. He is valuing that more highly than what else was being offered to him, the marshmallows that were being offered to him. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. We get a glimpse here into Joseph's resolve and to see what matters most in life to him. We see the person he wants to be. He chooses loyalty and integrity over pleasure. He could so easily have given in and so easily justified it. I was simply obeying what my master's wife told me I had to do. I'm only a slave. I had no choice. I had to do what she was asking me to do. But he didn't do that. Why? Because what he valued, he chose. He valued his integrity. He valued his relationship with God. He valued it so much that when temptation came, he chose wisely and he chose with the longer view in mind. Now that is so different to so many of us in our world today. We choose happiness and pleasure over everything. But when we give in to the lure of temptation and to the lure of instant gratification, we can so easily find ourselves compromised in so many ways. And do you know what? Happiness and gratification is not God's ultimate goal for us. I mean, it's lovely if we can be happy, and I think God loves it when we're happy. But God is more interested in our holiness and the purposes he has for us than in our happiness. God has bigger interests at play for us and for those around us. And so often we struggle with temptation, so often we give in easily to temptation because we value happiness and comfort over holiness and the purposes that God has for us and our relationship with Jesus. And Joseph discovered that temptation doesn't always go away. Day after day, day after day, temptation came to him. Even though he refused, she kept coming back day after day. I wish temptation came once and we resisted it and then it cleared off. But it doesn't. It comes back. It keeps looking for different ways to break down our defenses. But Joseph is so wise And we get a big clue here as to how he is able to overcome temptation. We're told in verse 16 that he kept out of her way. He refused even to be with her. He put up boundaries to do all that he could to keep out of the danger zone. But poor old Joseph, even though he does everything right, this happens. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. And it goes on. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. 
When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. So Joseph tries to do everything right. He runs the other way. He runs the other way from temptation. And to overcome temptation sometimes requires us to do that, to run fast in the opposite direction. But Potiphar's wife had kicked up a big fuss, and Joseph was falsely accused and falsely imprisoned. And some of you will know what it's like to be in that place, to face injustice, to have been falsely accused. You've tried to do the right thing, and you've come out on the worst end of things. Doing the right thing doesn't always work out for the best, does it? Or doesn't always seem to work out for the best. But don't give up. God is still at work, just like God was still at work for Joseph. Just like we're told, the Lord was still with him. So let's go back to the question we asked right at the beginning. When you think about the you you'd like to be, What words would you like to describe that? What are the foundations, or I'm going to use these as an illustration, what are the foundations or the building blocks upon which you would like to place your life? What are the building blocks upon which you would like to build the values of your life? Maybe it's loyalty. Maybe it's integrity. Maybe it's faithful friend or loving parent, or great partner. Maybe it's committed Jesus follower. Maybe for you, the you you'd like to be is to be recognized at work as a person who blesses other people. Maybe when you look in the mirror and you say, how am I reflecting God? The you you want to be is a person who reflects God's love for you in the way you love and care for other people. What are the building blocks you would like to have in in your life, the values that you want to have to build your life upon. We become those kinds of people by the day-in, day-out choices that we make. But, you know, we need to resist the temptations that inevitably come our way that would distract us from the choices that would enable us to become those kinds of people and take us down a different route. We need to avoid the things that tempt us or distract us away. And you see, the thing is this. If there are no boundaries in our lives, it's really easy for the temptations and distractions that come at us to pick up these things that we value and throw them away or to take us away from them. And really, I think the only way to ensure that we are able to overcome the temptations and distractions from these things is to put boundaries up. Because you see, when we put boundaries up, it's really hard to get to the things, to allow temptation to reach in and rip those things away from our lives because there's a boundary in place. And you know, the best time to put up a boundary is when there's no temptation at all. Because if you wait until temptation comes to put up a boundary, it's too late. It's too late. So I want to ask, number one, what are the things that you want to be said about the you you long to be? And then the second thing I want to say is, okay, so what boundaries are you going to put up in your life 
Before temptation comes to steal those things away and to distract you from them, what boundaries are you going to put up to enable you to protect those things and overcome temptation and distraction? You see, Joseph's boundaries enabled him to resist the temptation and the distraction that was coming at him day after day. He put boundaries up by trying to stay out of the way of Potiphar's wife. He put boundaries up by investing time in his relationship with God. If faithfulness is one of your values, put up boundaries around your relationships. If committed Jesus follower is one of your boundaries, uh, one of your values, put up boundaries around the time that you need to invest to enable that relationship to flourish so that you can be the Jesus follower you want to be. If honourable husband is one of your values, put boundaries up around who you spend time with or what you look at late at night, and on and on. Temptation and distraction don't have to get the better of us, but simply trying harder to resist them isn't the answer. It's about proactively protecting them. Joseph learnt that lesson. And even though everything, certainly at this point in the story, didn't work out in the way he would have wanted to have been, he would have been able to say about himself, even though I'm here and now I'm in prison, I'm the me I long to be. I'm a person of integrity, of faithfulness, of loyalty, of commitment to God. My circumstances may be rubbish, but I'm becoming more of the me I long to be, and I think God wants me to be. So let's put up boundaries around the things we value so that we can become the people we long to become and the people God would have us be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again so much for all that we are learning from this amazing story of Joseph. We thank you that you were with him even in the most traumatic times of life. And we thank you that even though he didn't know what the outcome would be, he didn't know it was going to all work out in the end. He kept pursuing you and going after you, that you were still with him, and he was aware of that. Lord, in the, in the temptations that we experience in our lives, in the things that would try to tear us away from the people we long to be, from the values we long to have, Lord, help us to put up boundaries to protect those things we pray. Lord God, show us how we should do that. Bring other great people into our lives who we can ask to help us. And Lord God, I just want to pray for each and every one of us, both here on site and online as well, that you would give us the courage and the strength and the proactive intentionality to do those things that would help us to become the people you'd long for us to be and deep down the people we long to be. Lord, help us not simply to try harder to overcome temptation, but actually help us to proactively put up boundaries around those things that we would value the most. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.